This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, May 29th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. U.S. files WTO complaint on Canadian wine restrictions. McConnell. Senate Farm Bill doesn't need tougher work rules. And U.S. takes aim at China's biotech approvals. The U.S. has filed the WTO complaint against Canadian wine restrictions. The U.S. is taking Canada to international court at the World Trade Organization over restrictions that put sales of U.S. wine at a disadvantage in Canadian grocery stores. If you want to find a nice bottle of California Pinot or Oregon Cabernet at a grocery store in the Canadian province of British Columbia, it takes a lot of extra work. That's because U.S. wine can't be sold on regular grocery store shelves along with Canadian wine. The province requires grocery stores to display the U.S. product in a separate store within a store that is physically separated from the main retail outlet and has separate cash registers. Canada is an important market for U.S. winemakers, said U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer. Discriminatory regulations implemented by British Columbia are unfairly keeping U.S. wine off grocery store shelves, and that's unacceptable. Canada and all Canadian provinces, including British Columbia, must play with the rules. British Columbia implemented the store-within-a-store policy in 2015, and the reaction from U.S. vineyards was fierce and immediate. They called it blatant discrimination. Canada is the largest export market for California wine, so any regulations that threaten the northern market are a serious concern. California sold $44 million worth of wine to Canada in 2017, that according to the U.S.-based Wine Institute. Wine Institute greatly appreciates the trade representative continued efforts to end these discriminatory practices and hold Canada accountable for their WTO obligations. That the Wine Institute president and CEO, Robert Cook, the WTO complaint might not have been necessary if the U.S., Canada, and Mexico had kept their schedule in renegotiation of the North American Free Trade Agreement, but those talks now appear to be stalled. The Canadian wine retail restrictions were on the list of U.S. proposed changes for a new NAFTA, but the decision to file the WTO complaint should not be seen as a sign that the U.S. is giving up on the trade pact that, according to a U.S. official involved with the talks, Speaking with AgriPulse, McConnell, Senate Farm Bill doesn't need tougher work rules. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has confirmed that a farm bill doesn't need to expand food stamp work requirements in order to pass that chamber. McConnell says he's personally in favor of such rules. But he said at an interview with the Wall Street Journal that we need to have a farm bill with or without the food stamp work requirements. McConnell has taken a personal interest in the bill, in part because he wants to use the legislation to legalize the production of industrial hemp. He told AgriPulse that he expects the hemp provision to be in the draft Senate bill. McConnell also suggested he's not concerned that a bipartisan bill will appeal to Democrats who are running for election in Republican-leading states. McConnell said it's important for this Republican Senate not to leave the farm bill on the sidelines. If the Democrats running for those states vote for it, that's fine. Senate Agriculture Chairman Pat Roberts has been saying for over a month that the tougher work requirements that were put in the House bill 
can't pass the Senate, and that he's committed to developing a bill that can get as many as 60 or 70 votes in the upper chamber. Roberts is still negotiating with his committee's ranking Democrat, Debbie Stabenow of Michigan, on their final details of the draft bill. Sources say the bill isn't likely to be ready for Senate action before the week of June 11th. USDA to send biotech experts to Beijing for trade talks. When Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross leads the next trade delegation to Beijing as early as this week, the USDA will be sending biotechnology regulatory specialists with him to help convince China to change its ways as a part of an overall deal. That according to U.S. government sources speaking with AgriPulse. China has long vexed the U.S. agriculture sector with its unusually long and opaque process for approving new genetically modified seed traits, often holding up the commercialization of new products by years. China, unlike most countries, refuses to begin the approval process of a new biotech trait until after it has first been approved elsewhere. Most countries agree to approve new traits simultaneously in order to speed the commercialization process. EU's biotech approval process also draws U.S. ire. The Chinese roadblocks to international approval for genetically modified plants are only slightly more frustrating to U.S. farmers and biotech companies than those of the European Union. U.S. officials took the opportunity at a World Trade Organization dispute settlement body meeting Saturday to rail against the EU's increasingly complex and bureaucratic approval process that U.S. industry officials say has become politicized. U.S. officials were especially critical of the EU process that allows individual members to opt out of final approval for biotech traits, even though they have been shown to be safe. Even when the EU finally approves a biotech product, the EU has facilitated the ability of individual EU member states to impose bans on the supposedly approved product. That the U.S. in a statement at the meeting in Geneva. The EU strenuously disagreed with the U.S. statement and stressed that just because some countries in the bloc do not allow planting of approved seeds does not translate into a ban. U.S. ag industry representatives say the EU process has continued to bog down over the last several years, extending the average approval time from 18 months to about four years. USDA makes progress in fighting rice disease. A team of scientists led by Agriculture Research Service plant pathologist Yulin Jia has isolated a gene that gives rice resistance to rice blast, a disease that has been costing about $66 billion a year in global damage. The cost of fungicides needed to prevent rice blast infections in the southern United States can reach almost $20 an acre, according to the ARS. The fungus may still cause significant yield loss depending on the susceptibility of each rice variety and the degree of infection at the time of fungicide application. Ja said this will provide a new strategy for developing blast-resistant rice cultivars. Vertical farming reaches new heights. The vertical farming market is projected to exceed $6.3 billion by 2023, that according to a new report from PNS Market Research. The firm projects compound annual growth rate of 24.2% through 2023, 
mainly due to the increasing adoption of organic foods, rising urban population, and a growing focus on what the firm called environment-friendly production of fresh fruits and vegetables. Rising disposable income along with increasing per capita income across Asia-Pacific is anticipated to drive demand of the vertical farming market in the coming years, according to the firm. The North American vertical farming market also is expected to grow at a brisk rate and account for more than 30% of the global market. Here's today's They Said It. Think of Intimilk as a sustainable, nature-friendly, nutritious, lactose-free, delicious, guilt-free dairy alternative of the future. That's the company Gourmet Grub describing its product, which is made from insects and used in the company's ice cream. Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, May 29th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.